Hello and welcome to another episode of Turf Talk. The dust has settled. It's time to digest the events of this season's Cheltenham Festival. My name's Lewis Tomlinson, sat next to me. As per usual, is big, happy, rich Jimbo Watson. Hello, pal. Very, very, very well. Uh, what a Cheltenham Festival it was, full of highs, lows and a real standout in the memory to me and it, it was a bit of a foggy looking Cheltenham Festival going into it, there was a couple of questions to answer, yeah and they've certainly been answered and let's get on with talking about how great it was yeah well we'll, we'll start with day one, I, I guess that, that makes sense Jim uh, it's not Pulp Fiction <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we'll start with the Supreme To say the Supreme normally has a Mullins-Walsh hype horse, this season it didn't in the shape of classical dream, but it really should have done. He was head and shoulders the best. He was, he, he was very, very impressive. He jumped magnificently, I thought, and I thought that's what won him the race. I thought he was given a class ride by Ruby Walsh. It was textbook Walsh. Oh. Sit just behind the front two and then pounce around the corner and... I. I think we all underestimated Classical Dream a bit because he, he didn't have the big reputation, didn't did he, of previous winners in the rich, richy colours and he wasn't a, didn't have a flashy profile, did he? He was from France and he'd been racing all all of his days, to be fair. And I really like Classical Dream. I was very impressed and he's certainly one for the future. Yeah, big time. Next season, keep him over hurdles or go chase him? I'd keep him over hurdles, personally. i give him a crack at champion yeah, hurdles. Yeah, he looks like a winnable... I mean, we said <laughs> we're, we're all. It's, it's only what four days since Cheltenham's finished, and we're already talking about next Cheltenham. <laughs> For only fifty-two weeks. <laughs> no, myself, myself, and Jimbo as well. We, we we did manage to get there. Well, this time, this time uh, last week, we'd have probably just about been sat on a bus. Yeah, we were probably stuck in the middle of Cheltenham bus, Town stuck Centre. In the middle of Cheltenham, stationary for a quarter of an hour. We looked on Google Maps, a mile and a half run. That's nothing for me. For Jimbo, that's the furthest he'll have in, what, about five years? Five, longer than that, probably. Five years. So we so we decided, let's go, bugger it, jump it, r- r- ran all the way there. I managed to get in, what, about five minutes before, before the Supreme. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, nowhere to stand in the stands, just try and find it somewhere as close to the winning post as possible. Yeah, it was a good dude, Jim. Jim were knackered though, but made up for it. Classical dream though, very, very, very impressive for me. I, I, I just think he, he, he looked like the best horse in this race. And on with the biggest future, Thomas Darby is a horse we've kind of been obsessed with on this podcast. 28 to 1 each way value for all you listeners out there. We, we had the second and third. Yeah, you did. At 33s. Uh, you, you tipped itchy feet as well. I wasn't as keen, but. We didn't do bad there. 28 to 1 and 25s. No, yeah, re- re- really good, really good start to the podcast. And I, I, we did get a little tweet after from a man who'd, who'd put each way money on the both of them. So, so happy with that. Uh, if, if we're going through some of the beaten horses, Jimbo, 
I mean, Angel's Breath, Al Dancer, disappointing. Yeah, they never really got in. Angel's Breath never really got into the race. He, he got buffeted around a lot, I thought, and he, he didn't look like the natural traveller traveler, uh, at Cheltenham and didn't really look like the car suited him. It, it was ended up being a very scrappy race, I thought. I thought Fakir Dudery ran a cracker. Uh, my money was on him. I, I thought that... He was a progressive juvenile going into a novice company, and he was—he looked outpaced going down the back, and then he rallied to finish fourth in the end, and only six lengths behind Itchy Feet, which is perfectly good performance. And I think there's more to come from Fakir Dudery. Yeah, there's more positives to take from his run than negatives, certainly. Yeah, in my opinion, um, Jim, if 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 I was to ask you of of the beaten ones, I think we're both in agreement that Classical Dream looks like a serious horse for next season. Of the beaten ones, which who would interest you most going forward? And this is going to sound slightly stupid, but Brandon Castle, although he pulled up, I thought Brandon Castle ran a cracker. He, he went off a fair clip and led all the way until tailing off towards far out. And then he, he, he's not up to that company. But he could—he's got a nice handicap in him somewhere, and I really like Brandon Castle. Good shout, Jim. There were there were significant money for him on the day as well. Notable market support. Uh, the Arkle next won by Duke de Genevra. Uh to give Mullins a victory in the first two races of the festival. It was odd that because it you would have thought that Ruby Walsh would have rode. Duke de Geneva. Although Paul Townsend has rode him, rode him all season. Yeah, I mean, what, what do you make of the Hackle, Jim? Even after that performance, it, you know, it, it, it was decisive from Duke de Geneva, but it wasn't vintage, was it? No, I, 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 didn't, I, I didn't think that I could have been more disappointed with the Hackle result after the race than before the race because I was disappointed because we lost Dynamite Dollars, didn't we? We lost uh, Larishberg. Larishberg. Cielos Emery. Yeah, it, beat Duke de Geneva last, so last time out. How far would Cielos Emery have won by? In oh, don't I had a f- I had a fair whack on him. And it's 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 disappointing, but Duke de Geneva did the did it well. It easy winner of this and. Beat solid, doesn't them? He's solid, he's isn't solid. he? Solid. He's not unspectacular, but he's what a, a decent one fifty horse. Yeah. An articulum. Clondor Castle hunted his way round. He's run a cracker, I think. Clondor Castle here to say that he wasn't look, even going to run in this look, look, race. Look winner turning yeah. for home because he was entered in the Claus Brothers, wasn't yeah. he? Uh, and I thought that race would have suited him a lot more, but he hunted not not Nanus who. Ran, ran his race. Ran, ran well. Just again, look. Is, is he, I, I, I thought he might be good enough to dominate a field like that. <laughs> he, he, he did for a long way, just, just, just n- not quite enough. But again, a perfectly acceptable performance from him, coming home in fifth. Obviously, Glenn Forser, uh out of the race early on. Then Kalashnikov, who was brought down by Ornua. I mean, you can give, you can, you can forgive those two. And yeah. Still nice, even though Kalashnikov needs stepping up in trip. Nice types for going forward with. It's, it's been told though that he is going up, step up in trip at Aintree. Good. So it'd be good to see him. At two mile four, I think, is the intended target in the manifesto. Manifesto. So that should definitely suit him a bit more. 
what do you do with Layla? What do we do with Layla? Pulled up here after looking like the most exciting novice on the scene when when he won his debut uh, back in November, beat Dynamite Dollars, beat Defy de Soy. His last two runs since then have been absolutely abysmal. I know. There's. I I don't know. Maybe some form of headgear might be interesting on him. Uh, he's. I've been very disappointed and. There's no real word, because when he won that day and he beat Dynamite Dollars easy, yeah, and it was like wow, welcome, welcome to the novice chasing scene, and now it's like, well, yeah, where do you go from from here? Uh, I I think that you step him down in class a bit and see how he gets on there, and then see if he can get back in the winning rhythm. Yeah, I, I, things are plans are. Very, very much up in the air with Layla at the minute. I think he's possibly the hardest horse to assess in the country at the minute. Mm. Exactly how good he is. Because there was rumours he always wanted a bit of digging the ground in his novice hurdle career. And then when he gets some, he was disappointed. And when the ground's too quick, he doesn't want to run. Mightily disappointed. But another horse who disappointed, in my opinion, Hardline. Do you think Hardline was outpaced? I could see why you'd say that. I, I just kind of think he, he, he ended up going off favourite hard line, which we both kind of predicted, didn't we? Yeah. You know, we, we could see all the market support for him, and he was probably the right favourite. In the end. It, it, it is just that he's not quite top class. I don't think any of these are. No. I don't think any and of these I are. I don't mean to knock it, knock Duke de Geneva. Possibly. In the future, could improve even more, but uh, this is a windy, windy article, and it, it's probably best if you take it with a pinch of salt. Next, next season for Duke de Geneva, I'll just ask you, Jim: Would you be aiming him at the champion chase, or would you, would you run him in the Ryanair as his primary target? He ran over two and a half as a novice hurdler. Yeah, well, he'll stay two more far. I'm pretty sure of that because you look at his novice hurdle form. Beaten by a Plutard over two four. Yeah, who we'll talk about later. Who Lewis I will is talk about mad on. A lot. But uh, I'd stay with two mile for the time being. I, I was very impressed. Two two mile, impressive in a weak race, but possibly there's room for improvement. Yeah, good shout. The first handicap of the week, the Ultima, went to beware the bear, who's always looked like he's had one of these in him. I think he won. He's won the rehearsal chase in the past, hasn't he? Yeah. Kind of always struggled for consistency, hasn't he? But this is this is him at his best, putting a string of two good performances together and winning at the Cheltenham Festival. Vintage Cloud second, Lakeview Lad third. Two very, very, very promising Grand National auditions for them. And then Big River, who... Ran an absolute cracker. Jumped awfully and was detached at the end of the first circuit, staying on into fourth. Jimbo, I'll let you talk about this. I, I was really impressed with Beware the Bear. I sort of ruled him out because he won impressively last time at Cheltenham and I thought, he can't run the same race, he can't back him up back-to-back ever. And he smashed me out of the water and proved me wrong. I was very impressed. I thought Jeremy McGrath gave him a cracking ride and you could tell how much it meant to him after the race, celebrating. It was a cracking performance and I, I owe it to Beware the Bear. He, he is now more consistent. I remember him winning 
was it a race at Chepstow or somewhere like that, where he was tailed off and Sean Bowen worked an absolute miracle on him. And he come flying from nowhere to nab him on the line. It was over four mile. I thought three mile wasn't far enough for him, to be honest. Yeah. And then now he's proved me wrong and ten out of ten for Nicky Henderson for getting him right for this race. Yeah, the two Tremor Hemmings horses, the two greys, Vintage Clouds and Lakeview Lad, both in the Grand National, Lakeview Lad is in. Vintage Clouds. Should in fact, the, the, the second scratching deadline this afternoon, Jimbo. Yeah. So we'll find out how close Vintage Clouds is to getting in the Grand National. Obviously, he missed out by one last year. <laughs> They'd both be on my radar. Lakeview Lad especially, because I thought, I thought he was handicapped out of things. Yeah. But he looks like a proper, proper stayer, and I was really impressed with his run. He really rallied on the running, didn't he? I, I thought he was looking slightly tired, jumping two out, and then he rallied on. I think both of them are interesting for the National, although we will talk about possibly back-to-back Grand Nationals later on. Yeah, and up for review as well, who who I who I was with, again, looked the likeliest winner. Yeah, I thought the hill. he made an absolute howler of the third last, didn't he? Yeah. Smashed through it, and I think that was his race-defining moment that stopped him in his tracks and I think he would have finished a lot closer if he had not have made that error yeah he's still one I've got in mind for, well I have backed him for the Grand National he's he's still in my mind for that but well done to Nicky Henderson Jeremy Grah and beware the bear uh, the first win for Britain at the festival as well now the champion hurdle builders the races of the week I've got no idea what to make of this Espoir Dallon for Gavin Cromwell, ridden by Mark Walsh, becoming the first five-year-old to win the champion hurdle since Catch It, yeah. I think, Alan Kings. But is how windy is this race, Jim? How much do you trust the form? Well, at this moment in time, I think Esquire Dallon has run an absolute cracker. And if Bouvedere had stayed on his feet, he would have given Bouvedere a race. Yeah. I think Esquire Dallon won the race decisively, and I do think in future he will show that. I, I, before the champion hurdle, I was not a big fan of him. I, I don't, I didn't like the way he was being campaigned. He hadn't run against any of the big boys, and he he's turned up against the big boys here, and he's put his name on the map. And I was really impressed. Although Apple's Jade didn't perform as she has been this season. Seventy-two lengths. She's won the last three races by, including. Grade ones in Ireland, and she's beat Moses Field, and she was never really travelling. No, well, she's scoped dirty, hasn't she? Yeah, which is sad to see, but she seems to be having this habit at Cheltenham of not turning up properly. No, and never being quite right, and there's always some form of excuse, whether that's just not her time of year. That that could be the case, but for for me, Apple's Jade was mightily disappointing, and really should have been the standard setter. I mean, it's, I'd always forgive that just because the, an excuse has presented itself after the race. You know what I mean? I I, I wouldn't take that form mm. literally. There is no way. Like, Silver Street's finished ahead of her. Silver Street's found a cracker, to be fair. Yeah, he has. He has. And he's had a great great season. I just think the form's windy. Bouvardier came down. We, we, we won't know what happened. Lorena... Was never yes. travelling either. Yes, as w- I know, but, and yes, there was a hype around her. Realistically, though, I, d- I don't think we can say that she's underperformed. Yeah. Because w- we've never seen her in a race of this quality before. This might just be as good as she is. 
But Boover Day coming down and Apple's Jade clearly underperforming and Lorena maybe not quite living up to expectation. It was a pretty shocking race for me, you, to be fair, me, because... Yeah, I, I were on Boover Day and Charger each way. <laughs> Boover Day obviously <laughs> fell and brought Charger down. Uh, I just don't know how much I trust it. I'd like to see Espoir do it again before I... I took it literally. I know, it, I know it, look, it was really impressive. He, he might be going to punch his time, mightn't he? Yeah. And it, I know his favourite for next season's champion hurdle again. <sighs> I, just, I just don't know how much you can read into a beating of Mellon, who's been atrocious this year. Yeah, but Me- Mellon has run an absolute storm race, so he's been atrocious. Has he, it? though? I think he, he has. Sil- he's, he's beaten Silver Streak by what? A Lemphis? I know, but Cheltenham Festival for me was second last year to Bouverdere, and now he's he's finished second again in the Champion Hurdle, and they're two solid runs. And Mellon is a cracking sort, and I do think that Mellon deserves more credit than he gets. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't think he's top class. I don't think Silver Streak is either. Do you Espo- think Espo- Espo- could be, but I, I, I'm just not quite sure. How much I, how literally I take this. So where do you go next with Bouverdere? Do you... Fighting fifth. Go for the fighting fifth again next year? Yeah, it, it'll have to be the same campaign and he'll be in the fighting fifth next year again. In, in my eyes, he's still the the best two-mile hurdler. So the, after his performance in the fighting fifth this year, where he was fresh and he was first time out, was that the best performance he's ever put up? Yeah, I think it was. So do you think it's best to keep him fresh for this season, for next season, for next season's champion hurdle? Uh, I, I, I wouldn't say so. I, I, I think they've got the route sorted out and, you know, they, they've stuck to it for, what, two years now? I, I know he was rerouted from Novice Chasing when he won his first champion hurdle. But the last two years, they've got that route of, you know, fighting fifth, Christmas hurdle, that silly race at Sandown, <laughs> and champion hurdle. They'll be the four races he runs in. Would you not like to see him at Punchestown or Aintree? I would, and I think he'd stay two and a half. Yeah. He'd stay the Aintree hurdle, but I, I, I don't think they will. Possibly a roll of the dice next year when he's another year older. May more likely to stay two mile four. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I think he's always stayed it, to be fair. Mm. It's, it, it, it'll never be a doubt in my mind for him whether he stays two and a half miles. <laughs> it's been... It's it's a shame, isn't it? Because that that was the race that was going to be Bouverdes defining career defining race. Yeah. Whether he has was a legacy of a champion, or whether he was a horse who who would always be knocked as a dual champion hurdler. But yeah, they were rubbish champion hurdles. Yeah, and we'll never know. Yeah, we'll never know unless he comes back and does it again next year. In which case, fair play to the lad. But look, visually, Espar Dallon couldn't have been any more impressive I'm just not quite sure how much I trust it I, I think I trust that quite a bit and I think Espoir Dallin's on a cracker right the next race the Mayor's Hurdle Ruby Walsh Willie Mullins Rich Richie and a mare falling at the last not again flashback not again Benny did you or she'd have hosed up but she didn't they have to jump them all and Roxana was a beneficiary for Dan Skelton Get and Harry Skelton She's a really, really nice mare. I tell you what, we were stood watching the race in front of a screen and I think I was the only person cheering Roxana. Everyone, I think everyone around me about Benny Didier and 
Roxana. It, it wasn't the most simple of run-ins, was it? To say no. she was in front, ran around and got tangled up. And she'd finished third behind Bouvardet. And that, in almost a prep run-in, had been kept very quiet for this season. And has run a really, really, really solid race. And it's nice to see Dan Skelton and Harry Skelton with a nice horse because they've campaigned the horses this season really, really well. They've, they had a solid opening start to the season. They tailed off a bit at Christmas, but they've picked back up here and Roxana's won impressively. Yeah, it's the first time in, well, since the first running that Mullins hasn't won it, mm-hmm. isn't it? Was that White or Donald McCain's, I think? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, look, there's not particularly much to say other than that in this division, I think Benedigio is clearly the best. And in in my eyes, I'd have probably have said Roxana was the most likely beneficiary. I don't think Roxana, Roxana won't go anywhere near Benedigio if Benedigio had stayed on his feet, stayed on her feet. So take this form how you like. Roxana's run a cracker, but if they were to run this race ten more times... The result would be Benny De Gere every time. Would win nine, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and she'll she'll go to Punches Town next, I assume, where I wonder if she'll meet up with Apple's Jade again. That'd be a fascinating one. Hmm. That that'd be absolutely Round round three. Yeah. And also Lady Buttons ran a cracker uh, in fourth place for Phil Kirby. Flying the Northern flag was the only northern runner, I think, on the first day. Oh really? Which was sort of sad to see really, but Ran, ran, it, ran a race and Lady Buttons has been consistent all season and rumours going to Cheltenham for the red run? Yeah, I think it's called Sue Smith. She's from Yorkshire. Oh, yeah. Apart so from that, though. Must uh, have been two then. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, back over fences is probably why Lady Buttons... Yeah, and out. and I, th- I do think Aintree's the big target for her. Yeah. Good shout. Now, in my opinion, the novice handicap saw the best novice of the first day. Without a shadow of a doubt, I, I, I just think the winner of the Novice Handicap is a better horse than the winner of the Arkle. They've already meeting. Meeting? What That's a word. word. Met. Met. <laughs> Met and Aplutar came out on top, and this was ridiculous. 16 lengths in a race that tends to produce the closest finish of the festival. Absolutely hosed up. The way, the way he quickened in between two out and the last was ridiculous. This is a serious, serious horse. Only five as well. This is this will be all one in grade ones next season. I am certain of it. Yeah. I am absolutely certain of it. And I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up being a gold cup horse in the, in a, in two or three years. So you'd you'd stick with the two mile four options for the time being for next season. Okay, oh, he's a young horse, isn't he? Yeah. There's there's no need to rush him. There's no need to rush him. He, he won this off a off a mark of one four three. Which is, again. Ridiculous! What is the only horse to beat him is Winter Escape this season. Who I know people don't always, you know, take the time form figures literally. You know, some some people take him with a pinch of salt, but according to them, you know, he was the best novice chaser we'd seen this season. Mm. You know, after he beat Aplutar. So the the form stacks up for me. Look, he's already beaten Duke de Ginevra. And there's only going to be more improvement to come from him. I mean, I, I, I could go on go on for days about him, but he is, in my opinion, now the most exciting novice chaser in the country. Yeah? Well, not in the country, in Britain or Ireland, but in the world. Because well, it's not really us, so I don't think they're French or Australians or anything. <laughs> Quite of that level. But yeah, 
the most exciting novice chaser in the world, in my opinion, is Aplutar. I just, I, I think he is amazing. My money on riders on a storm was soon gone. I tell you what, the the third fence never seemed to be my day on the first day. No. Glen Falzer went. Uh, riders on a storm was not a good day for Brian Hughes. I, I seem to have backed everything for Brian Hughes. He's on the first day, apart from uh, Sue Smith. No, Sue Smith's vintage class was Danny Cook, wasn't it? So. I had an awful day back in Brian Hughes, but a class first day, I thought. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, Tower Bridge runner-up, he'd, he'd won, he's won over two sixes and obviously in Grade 1 company. His future probably lies over further. Ben Dundee's had a pretty good year. Yeah. Con- consistent sort, and he, he's a type of horse who you can see pitching up in. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, in, in good races. Next season, good handicaps. Uh, any further down the field that you'd like to give a mention to Jimbo? Or? Highway 101. He, he he was up there and he made a massive error at the second last and then never really recovered from that. So I'd take him out the race. And Shady Operator made another error and, and was slightly hampered and then was given a conservative ride, ride home. And I'd take Shady Operator and Highway 101 for handicaps in the future. Can I can I just ask you before we move on what you make of Aplutar? I I was very very impressed. I I don't hold him in as higher opinion as you. He did. He won this race very decisively, and I have not seen a horse win a handicap that impressively since surname. Yeah. And he had he had little sprinkles of surname in the way he just quickened from the second to to the uh, from the second last to the fir- uh, to the last fence and. I know I'm putting him along Aplutard next to surname, which is very high appreciation, but Aplutard, I, I want to see Aplutard running Grady Company and see how he delivers there. I mean, if if he, well, I mean, I know you're a big fan of Austin Translation, yeah, and therefore you also must be quite impressed with Deffy Desai. Yeah. Of the three, who would you like most? Austin Translation. But it, it depends over which distance. If Aplutar ran in the JLT, I, I think he'd have won it. Do you think? I do. Well, I think Deffy Desai would have won. Well, yeah, he'd have been a cracking ride by Barry, wouldn't he? But I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if of those three, Aplutar ended up being... But in time, best. Lost in Translation wins the Labrooks Trophy. Yeah, fair shout, Jimbo. But yeah, f- for me, probably my performance of the first day there, absolutely think he's quality. Another horse who I absolutely love is Lebroy. Won the National Hunt Chase. I mean, there's a lot to dissect here, Jimbo. The people have been call, calling the future of this race into question. Only four finishes of the 18th. People not quite happy that amateur riders or novices over the most extreme distance of the festival. Is it just a recipe for disaster? You, you can see where people are coming from, but I thought Ted Walsh summed it up perfectly. If you don't like horse racing... Go and watch Peppa Pig. That that is what that is what this race was. It was like proper old fashioned jump racing, where it's not good though, Jim. It's, it's, it's not good for the eyes. We, we we don't want a race where it's not good for the image. But there's no point pandering towards the the people who want them Im- images. But in in look, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm kind of playing devil's advocate here because I I, I think it. I, I love the national chase. This it's is one of, one of my favourite yeah, races. It's one of my favourite races of the festival. Exactly, but 
I can completely see where they're coming from. It's not a good image for racing to have a race where only a fifth of the field complete. Yeah, that is at, bad. At, at our biggest, biggest event of the year, where the most pub, you know the public spotlight is on the sport more often than it is on any other you know time of the year apart from the Grand National. But even then, the Grand National's a day. This is a week. Mm. And on the first day, we've got an unfortunate fatal injury to Ballyward. It's devastating yeah. that Ballyward and, had such a future. And a, a race where only a fifth of the field complete, and then with three jockeys being banned. I thought that was a disgrace, the banning of Declan Lavery. AP McCoy summed it up perfectly. If you haven't seen it, go and see it. It'll be on Twitter. It was on ITV Racing, and he was talking about Declan Lavery being back. If he'd have pulled that horse up... Oh, yeah, it'd be an absolute... Furore. Punters would have gone absolutely mental. 16 to 1 each way. People were on bigger prices, 33s each way. Oh, and anyway, let's go back to the race. I was on Discorama. He was a big nap for me for the festival. On at 16s, decent prices. And he was just outdone by the Codfather. Jamie Codd, and if, and if he'd have rode Discorama, I think he, he would have won. But but Barry O'Neill's not far off one of the best amateurs. Barry O'Neill gave him a cracking ride. I, I've got to give him his due. He, he he did do all he could, but JJ Codd just has that slight little, can get the little bit more out of the horse. And I'm not slagging Barry O'Neill because he rode a perfect race. He crept him into the race quietly, rode him quietly, and he jumped beautifully. And I do think that if, he had, if it was the other way around, Discarama would have possibly eked out a bit more. But I didn't mind losing to Lebrel because he's a cracking animal. Oh, he really is. In in terms of horses who just have a first-class attitude, tough as old boots, I, I, he's one of my favourite horses on the planet. I, 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 I absolutely adore We sort of ruled him out a bit over this extreme yeah, distance, I, didn't we? I did, didn't think he'd stay. No, neither did I. But great to see Ben Pauling as well with a big winner after having a pretty torrid year. You know, losing some of his, you know, well, losing his best hospital to be caught, and then Barters Hill having to retire due to injury. He's got another, he's got another serious horse here, LeBroy, and he's a sort of animal who's, you know, whose whose attitude and hardiness will take him to places where his ability can't. Mm. You know what I mean? He, 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 what he makes up for in lack of ability, I wouldn't be surprised. I think Discarama's a better horse yeah. than LeBron. Classy. Yeah, in terms of raw talent, I think Discarama's a better horse. Mm. But LeBron just wants to win, wants to win, and the target's going to be the Grand National next year, and you couldn't rule him out of that. No, not after this performance, because he's he stoutly stayed out of the distance, and a thorough performance by LeBron and Discarama. Yeah, it's interesting to see Ben Pauling saying as well. They are they're looking at the uh, the Bet365 World Cup last day of the season. That'd be a fascinating, fascinating one for Lebroy. And then starting point for next season, he, he's talking about the uh, West Yorkshire Hurdle at Weatherby early on. So that could Native River running the early on the Gold Cup. That could be an interesting campaign. Yeah, very much so. But great performance uh, from a, a cracking horse to end the first day. Let his championship go, and he's galvanised by De Boinville, and Altior is going to 
champion chase Altior is the champion in second place right we'll move on to day two now and the first race of that day is the Ballymore Novices Hurdle won by City Island a rare win in one of the top novice hurdles for one of the smaller yards Martin Brazil uh Jimbo, what did you make of it? Very, very impressive. Uh, he came into the race under the... He was, We talked about him in the previews, didn't we? He was a horse that Shrewdies had like, but he wasn't a Shrewdies price. Yeah. Uh, and he did it very, very well. A great ding-dong battle with Champ up the running, didn't he? Uh, we both thought... You were on Champ. We both thought that Champ would take all the beating. And he just... I don't know. City... Maybe I was, I underplayed City Island's chances because he won a, a weekish race that weekend when there was the big flu vaccination week and it, they were the racing from Nace on ITV and he won well, but he didn't beat much. Five to one, wasn't he? Yeah, and he should have won that, but I didn't think he was good enough to win this. <sighs> So do you do you take this literally now? Do you think City Island is the best horse to have run in the Valley Mall this season? So what do you mean? Do you do I think he's the best? The best of these? Yes. Yes. So do I. So do I. So I, I agree. Although I think him him and Champ are both really 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 nice prospects going forward. Uh, Champ's run again. I I can see Champ ending up over three miles. Me over time. Yeah. As a three mile chaser. Yeah maybe just slightly outspeeded up, up the running, you know, an extra gear City Island had. But he's he's covered himself very, very well. To you could fair. say the same about Bright Forecast. He plodded on, didn't he, and ran a cracker at a massive price for Ben Pauling. Ben Pauling had a pretty good festival, to yeah. be fair. Yeah, he did. He really did. Battle over Doyen. Ended up going off favourite. Big market support for him. Ah, it was flat. Pulled up. Disappointing, and... He was off the bridle a long way out and he never was really travelling and I thought that this race would be perfect for him and I couldn't wait to see a ding-dong battle between Champ and Battle Over Doyen, even though I had that brewing up a storm myself. I wanted to see the, the front two go at it and brewing up a storm pick up the pieces. But it it was flat and it was a flat first day really for Gordon Elliott. It was yeah. an odd, odd sort of feeling around the first couple of days before the big tiger pounced onto pounced onto the scene so i think i won't rule battle over dying out i still think he's got a massive future but maybe this wasn't his day no same i'm of i'm of a very very similar opinion to you there jim i love to see chomp over a fence yeah i i think he screams out chaser yeah but really nice performance from city island and he he does look like a horse of serious, serious talent. Keep him over hurdles? Uh, I, I don't know. Again, the long-term prospect for him would probably be chasing, wouldn't it? Yeah. He'd probably be chasing. His, his, he'll be seven come next Cheltenham. You know, it, it's not quite like they've got loads of time to wait. You know what I mean? So I, I'd probably go chasing with him, but both him and Champ are really nice prospects, and it, it was a really, really good race. The RSA was an even better race to, to you know, up there the with, finish. with the race of one of the races of the festival. Top of the game beating Santini and Delta Work. They're three horses who will all be there or thereabouts in the Gold Cup next season, surely. Yeah, really, really exciting for the Gold Cup picture. Top of the game, jumped beautifully. I thought he was giving a, 
a pitch perfect ride by Harry Cobden. He sat in behind Santini and Delta Work. He let them go ding dong. He came, came and delivered his challenge at the last and he stayed on thoroughly well. And I think that top of the game's got a massive future. We've been saying for years, haven't we? He's he's crying for offence. He's yeah. 18 and a half hands tall, was it? He's massive. And we, we went to the parade ring just to have a look at him because we were like, look at the size of him. Yeah. He's, he's an absolute magnificent beast. I was like, like a five-year-old child going, let's look at the big horse. Let's, <laughs> let's go and look at the big horse. <laughs> he but, was unreal. Yeah. I mean, I saw Tom Seagal saying about in the Racing Post uh, yesterday or the day before, saying he couldn't have a bet on next season Gold Cup because he wouldn't know who'd come out the best of these three if they ran again next week. It wouldn't surprise me if Delta worked reversed. They're so evenly matched. On better ground, I think Delta Work could have run a better race. I think yeah. the ground just went against him on the day. I, I think Delta Work's the quickest of the three. Yeah. Uh, Santini did what Santini does. I, I've sort of... I used to think he had a massive future. And I then, still think he does. It, it's, uh, yeah. the, Gold Cup, the Gold Cup trip, you know, a, a couple of extra furlongs should see him to his best effects. Mind you, a bit of Native River? Yeah. More of that. I mean, Classy, but s- slow. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I see where you're coming from there completely. I know, as well, top of the game, not liking to Denman mm. after you won this. I know they're in the same colours, but I can kind of see that. Th- these are three, three fascinating novice chasers, though. And then, even if we're forward. looking behind, Mr. Malarkey's run, be- run better than I were expecting. Oh, yeah, he, I'd, I'd like to see him in something like the Hennessy next season, hopefully. Yeah, but lost in translation might go, so it could be. Trainers might not want to run both of them in the same race. Yeah, but a, a cracking performance from top of the game. He he was the best on the day, really. Peach of a ride from Harry Cobden. But, as we've said, as as a racing fan, you know, you can't help not be excited to see what top of the game Santini and Delta Work do next season and what it means for the Gold Cup picture going forward. We've got three genuine contenders for top honours next year coming out of the RSA and they say what an evenly matched bunch they seem to be yeah it could be some race next year cracking for the sport absolutely cracking the Coral Cup uh, Nico de Boinville top jockey at the festival his first the first time he's won that major honour and his first win of the week came on William Henry for Nicky Henderson beating Wicklow Brave Bally Andy Brio Conte the first for home I mean Jim, it's it's something we've a trend we've seen over the past couple of years. Whereas five five six years ago, you'd have been looking for horses at the bottom of the weights, sneaking in off a, off you know a low off rate. a low yeah off a low rating, well handicapped horses. It seems now that the actual class acts in the field are the well handicapped ones. You know, William William Henry was number three, Wicklow Brave number one, top weight. Brio Conti's got graded form when placed in the Mersey Novices Hurdle. Ballyande, Betfair Hurdle winner. winner. Betfair Hurdle winner. It's a theme we've seen all all through the week. You know, even talking like Chitabello, early doors. Mm. Horses like that. Classy Group 2 yeah, style horses. We've seen it even earlier in the season with Frodon. Mm. When, you know, winning a December Gold Cup off top weight. How good are them handicaps then? If you're only off top, if top weight wins them handicaps, that's some achievement. Oh, it is, yeah. To lump 11 stone, 12 round, unreal. But it is, it is, it is a theme where 
classes coming to the fore in these handicaps more. It's a lot harder to get a sneaky, you know, Eurodel was the obvious sneaky one off a low weight handicap plot job mm. of the meeting. Uh, he's just not as good as William Henry or Ballyandy or Wicklow Brave, the horses who finished ahead of him. But do you think that these higher and classier horses are coming to these races because there's more prize money now? If we look on the flat and look at the Ebor, Godolphin aim for the Ebor because it's for a million pounds. Yeah. It, it's worth more than a graded race at Sandown on a Tuesday afternoon. Uh, so I think it's great that these classy horses are stepping down against these lighter weighted horses and it's always better to watch it's, it's a good race to watch I mean, and that's the benefit of jump to the, I know I'm kind of against having group one handicaps like they do in Australia but the fact that we have graded handicaps over jumps and we don't on the flat the E-balls are 0 to 110 mm-hmm. isn't it so you know listed you know group three type quality horses on the flat aren't going to get a run whereas that this is the benefit of having graded handicaps. You get the you get the class acts. Wicklow Brave was top weight off this of one five three. William Henry one five one. He's won off. You know that that's the benefit, and that's it's that's the sort of level where the, these these races play to these horses' strengths. I wouldn't want grade one handicaps just on the basis of you can get some strange winners. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Walt would be, a, you know, I don't want Walt Prime to be. Example. I don't want Walt to be a grade one winner as much of a nice horse as he is. But it, it, it is a theme, and it's something I'm sure we'll we'll talk about uh, further going forward, maybe even into next season. But the theme for handicaps now certainly seems to be established class is the way to go, rather than a sneaky one who might be well handicapped at the bottom. You know, uh, do you have anything else you'd like to mention about the Coral Cup? I know William Henry was placed in the race last year as well, which again, we've seen time and time again. Sire de Burley, early doors, festival form is mm. massive. Uh, I, I know I'm going to sound boring as I love her so much, but Apple Shakira's run a cracker here. Yeah, fair enough. I, Home in sixth. I really didn't think she'd stay the distance, but we had the speculative money on to think, go on, go and run your race. And. She a picture in the parade ring, and I, th- I thought that she would beat coming around the bend. I stopped watching, and I saw William Henry on the outside flying on, and then I looked up to see who was finishing for the place money, and she was sticking her head out on the line, and I thought she got fifth, but sadly my each-way money was done. So Apple Shakira's on a cracker, and a two-mile four definitely looks like a trip that will suit, and over time could even want slightly further. Oh, yeah. God, don't get me wrong, I don't have anything against William Henry. You know, he, he, he's a really, really nice horse. But Jesus Christ, I was cheering Wicklow Brave up. Yeah. It, what an absolute legend he is. I absolutely love that. And it's not the first time he's just been denied at a festival as well. Absolute nightmare. I know that it happened with him with Arctic Fire mm. as well a couple of years ago for the same owners. He's He made amends, though, didn't he? He ended up winning yeah. the county again. County. But Jesus, I'd have loved Wicklow Brave to have won that. But well done to William Henry. And it was a nice warm-up for Nico and Nicky because Altior made it four festivals in a row, 18 races in a row. He's now the joint world record holder with Big Brooks for the longest unbeaten streak over jumps. God, I don't even think he likes Cheltenham. I don't think he likes Cheltenham. I was in tears. I, I just... I've, 
I've got no words for him, mate. He's your favourite horse in the training. You think he's the once-in-a-lifetime horse you'll ever see? Oh, yeah, he is. He's, uh, to think how many things can go wrong in jumps racing. Mm. You know, getting hampered, a horse falling in front of you, you know, being crowded, you know, being crowded out. There are so many variables that can go wrong in jumps racing. The fact that Altior's four years unbeaten, you know, it's mad. You know, Sprinter Sacro, you know, had, had health issues. You know, we see it with these, with these top horses. Hurricane Fly was beaten in a champion hurdle. You know, even at the top level, it's almost impossible for a horse to put up that level of consistency over such a long period of time. You know, no no health problems. I know he had a bit of a knock before the festival last year, didn't yeah. he? And things did go wrong for him. You know, he, he, he made an error at the water here. It wasn't just an error. It was a bloody massive error yeah it, it was it was and he, he was headed you know so he was third jumping the last after being first jumping two out and then rallied Nico galvanised him I, I think I've watched it about well 60-70 times <laughs> in the past week I, I just there are no words left he is the champ he is now the question arises two mile four and three mile beckon what's the point What's the point? Because we all want to see him win the King George. Come on. No, what's Even the point? you want to see him no, win the King George. What's the, what's the point? Early on in the season, I was of the opinion, why step him up in trip? We'll stick him to two miles and let him dominate that division. You're, what you're thinking, you're thinking this from a, you're thinking this as a racing fan point of view. I'm thinking this as if I'm Nicky or, or, or Patricia Pugh. I'm thinking, this, why risk him losing his unbeaten record? What, what, what's the point? He's, he's the, clearly the best at two miles. And he, he farms it. We all want to see him run at Aintree over two mile four. Oh, yeah. Do you know what? He, he, he might be slightly better over that trip nowadays. You know... Because he, he looked like he he needed rousting along, along to get going. And he looked like he'd relished two mile four, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't think, I don't think two, two four would be a problem for him. So if but, he was to go to the Ryanair next year, would that worry you? No, because it'd be the King George. No, it'd be the champion chase. You'd rather win a champion chase in a Ryanair. And even if he runs over two and a half, you know, two miles is still where the main prize is. I, I, I'd, I think it'd be very, very silly to abdicate your crown at two miles in favour of a Ryanair. Why would you do that? Yeah, I can see where you're coming from, but I'd love to see him win the King George. I'd love to see him running it. I think he'd win. Really? I think he'd win the King George. God, I'd, I I think I'd be too nervous to watch. To be fair, I, I was stood next to you. I don't think you watched most of the race. <laughs> Hearty mouth stuff. Oh, it really, really was. It really, really was. I absolutely roared him home. I've, 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 that, that will stay with me forever, seeing Altior win that live. Absolutely brilliant. Cracking efforts as well from some of the beaten horses. Politolog and, and Soul Royal. Got Altior into a spot of bother. Politologues were an absolute cracker there. He's a he is. I know we kind of say we've said before in this podcast. Politologue is top is a grade one horse, maybe not quite top class, but he's a model of consistency. You'd absolutely love to own Politologue. He's ran so well in this, and he quite clearly didn't stay in the King George, did he? And he's been dropped back down to two mile a, and he's ran his absolute heart out and. 
I, I thought so Royal was going to pass him, but he put his head down and he carried on going and he, he ran an absolute cracker. And I, I don't know with Politolog, would you go to Aintree over 2 4? I mean, he's a reigning champion, Ely Melling Chase. He is. Beat him in there last season. I, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't. I don't know, so Royal, I think the celebration chase will be the target round Sandown. And again, he'd take a fair bit of beating in that if Altior didn't turn up. Yeah, it, he ran a cracky game swinging in on the bridle and ran an absolute crack yeah. at Hell's Kitchen even in fourth. He's... Far from disgraced. Yeah, he, he ran ten times better than expected. He's beat nice all, well, he's beat Min, St. Calvados, Castle Grace, Paddy, and Min obviously wasn't his self. No. I was all over Min and was a, I thought it was a decent bet to be second in a forecast but he obviously didn't run as well St Calvados is apparently going to have his breathing done because right. he, there was a slight issue with that and God's own pulled up and we were a bit worried we got caught up in the moment didn't we Lewis we saw Altio winning and then we saw God's own without a jockey on and on the f- and then we thought oh no and then Turns out he was okay. Yeah, he's all, so. all right. Good, good to see the old boy all safe and sound. Just it might. I think it was just a little bit of a minor minor knock, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, can I ask you, Jim, about Altio? Your opinion on him? Sprinter Sacro or Altio? Who wins? Over two miles at Cheltenham. Yes. Sprinter Sacro. I think Altio. I really do. Sprinter Sacro was a different horse at Cheltenham. Two miles. Classy. I, I just love the fact how Altio, Altio, we have seen him in Bother. We saw him in Bother in this, and we did last year, and we did in the Arkle. You know, I'm not even convinced he likes Cheltenham because the three times he's at, oh, the only three times in his career he's looked vulnerable have all come there. And he's still overcome the adversity. Mm-hmm. You know, how many horses, once, they, once he was headed by Sol Royal, how many horses that have folded there? His attitude is first class. He's such a talented horse. But I don't think people make enough of just how reliable and genuine Altior is. You know what I mean? He wants to win. And we're lucky to have him around as a sport. We really, really are. Another horse we're absolutely lucky to have around was the winner of the next, the Glen Farkless Cross Country Chase. And very, very possibly the easiest winner of the meeting, Tiger Roll. Mate, what else can we say? Four festivals for him. Two, this is the second cross country. He's also won a national hunt chase and a triumph hurdle, which is the most bizarre set of races <laughs> to have won. Just on on the bridle. On the bridle. And this is Tiger all at his best. It's almost fair to say he's improved this season Absolutely. from when he won the national last year. Unreal. Since he's winning the Ballymire uh, Navin, was it? Boyne Hurdle, yeah. Yeah, Boyne, sorry. Um, he has progressed even more, and I, I was in shock. I was just sat watching the race, thinking yeah, he's I absolutely hosed. And the form from that Boyne Hurdle has al- has almost been backed up as well, because Durasso's went went and won that yesterday at the weekend. Yeah, who he beat in that race. I mean, I, I was looking what time form was saying about him uh, earlier today. And they're of the opinion Tiger Roll wouldn't be out of a place in a Gold Cup now. The level of form he's showing. I could agree there. No, meaning... If, yeah, he, if, he'd, well. if he'd have turned up in the Gold Cup, he would have won one hell of a race. Yeah, 100%. And the fact that he'll, he will go off the shortest price Grand National favourite, what, almost in history. Yeah. He's already 
eleven to two to win the Grand He's National. even four to one in places. Four to one. It's going to be mad. And you know what? He has now transcended racing. I, I play football on a Sunday with my mates, and they're not the sports fans. They're not racing fans. But they were talking about Tiger Roll, even without me being there. Did you see how? Did you see how good Tiger Roll was at? Was on on Wednesday. You know that's what they're saying. And they even know about him saying, "Oh, he's going to go for the Grand National again. Oh, he'll win it." And this is this is members of the public know who Tiger Roll is. Mm. Not even not even just racing fans. He is an absolute credit to the sport. To to think as well that a couple of years ago there were doubts about his attitude. Yeah. You know. He was a bit of a monkey. Yeah, a, a little bit of a quirky one, one who you couldn't particularly trust. You could set your watch by him now, can't you? Yeah. So trustworthy and. Jesus Christ, he'll text some stopping in now. Now, some of my mates keep asking me who's going to win the national, who's going to win the national. And I know it's boring, but Tiger Roll is going to win the national. The first all since Red Rum to win back to back nationals. What a story it'd be. What an absolute legend he is. I mean, in terms of the beaten horses, Josie's orders and Urgent de Gregan being there, done it, aren't they? Yeah. You know, filling similar roles to what they did last season. Bally Casey's on a cracker. Yeah, good to see the old boy. Better than Silly Zest for what life. he did last time over the. Fences, he was awful. I yeah. thought, and he jumped a lot better. And Ultra Gold, you you were quite a big, you were quite keen on him, Jimbo. Never, just never went. No, he, he was never in the race. He he jumped well, but then he just he just seemed to be outpaced. I think, and I I think a Grand National target would be okay. I I quite like to see him running a national. Oh yeah, he's he's hurt his, he's hurt his crack at the national, but. Jesus Christ, imagine the, the, the buzz on Grand National Day at Aintree when Tiger O lines up. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he went off 5-2. to two. Yeah, I could see where you're coming from. I mean, he's not a backable be, price, is he? But I'd love him to win. The, he's a horse the public will latch on. I say my mates have already latched onto him and they're not racing. They've already said we're going to back Tiger O for the National. The, the public support is there for him. You know, the story of a, a horse who looks really... I mean, many clouds, realistically, <laughs> look to have a really major chance of emulating Red Rum. There's not been that many in the past 20 years who, you, who you'd have thought lined up at Aintree, again, with as good of a chance he did the first time, maybe even enhancing it. Look, Tiger was in the best form of his life, and he's already won a Grand National. It's a scary thing. He's only nine as well. It seems like he's been around forever, mm-hmm. but... What an what a racehorse he is! Another horse who who like the Tiger didn't start out on the flat, did he? But he was a, with Godolphin. Yeah, he was Godolphin cast off. Yeah. Nigel Hawk picked him up. Yeah, Band of Outlaws. You know, another flat bred. You know, I say my Tiger was not even bred for jumps. It's absolutely mad. Band of Outlaws is another flat bred, and he looks like a serious contender, w- winner of the Fred Winter. I'm not calling it the Poodles; it's a silly name. Uh, Sluice up as well. Very, impressive. very, very impressive. His turn of foot, unreal. Coco Beach. They, they got him in a bit of trouble, didn't they? Uh, he, he found Alan, uh, Alan King's precepts with Wayne Hutchinson on, closed the door a bit, and Band of Outlaws had to twitch his ride around. But as soon as he saw daylight on the outside, whoosh, gone. Uh, what a performance this was. This was. I've, look, I've been looking in the... Over the weekend, just at the race cards for next year and the betting, he's 25 to 1 for the champion hurdle. Now, how often is it? Do we often get caught up in the 
impressiveness of the Fred Winter? No. Look, look, I'm sorry. It's been a while since he's been a good Fred Winter winner. And I think this is one of the good ones. This, oh, yeah. This, this horse has got massive potential. I, I personally, on the day, I couldn't back a horse that's won over six furlongs. No, me neither. I thought I couldn't touch him, and I thought he was a ridiculous Especially favourite. Especially down Cheltenham. A ridiculous favourite. Proved us wrong. And well, he was a, I, I think he was the right favourite, Jim, but I also think you'd have been mental not to try and find another angle to get a six furlong horse beat round Cheltenham. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? On, on his form and the way he won uh, prior to Cheltenham... He was the right favourite, but you also have to take over. His overall profile said, you know, said to me it was probably worth trying to find an alternative. But we saw him on that NACE card that were on ITV, as we've talked about yeah. previously with City Island, and he was mightily impressive that day. And he's obviously going from strength to strength. And next season, he could be a force to be reckoned with. How high do you think his ceiling is, Jimbo? I think he could be a 150 horse. Mate, I won't put it past it. He's won that off 138. 139. 139. 150 plus, easy. Yeah, I mean, he'll already be high 140s after that. Really, really nice prospect. I mean, we'll talk about the triumph on the next episode, uh, which should be out maybe next week. Yeah. Reviewing days three and four. Say Pentland Hills and Band of Outlaws met, who would you be with? Band of Outlaws. So would I. And that's nothing do you against th- Pentland Do you Hills. think he's the best juvenile? Obviously, you know, now without Sir Eric, which is a awful, awful shame. But is Band of Outlaws now the leading juvenile? No. Oh, Miranda. You forgot. Two out of two over hurdles. Does Band of Outlaws still have a 100% record over hurdles? No. But there's also a nice Paul Nichols horse called Christopher Wood, who... I really like him. He was ex-Michael Bell on the flat. So in time, he, yeah. he he's won his last two as well. Paul Nichols has got a strong hand in the juvenile division and he's not played him really this year. And yet, yeah, in the big races, and I think Aintree could be a serious festival for Paul Nichols. It'd just disappoint me if Christopher would end up being top class. You don't want a, a top class racehorse with the same name as a financial advisor. <laughs> <laughs> Only you think that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Christopher Wood. Come on. Whoever named him. Come on. Uh, but yeah, Band, Band of Outlaws. Cra- uh, just really, really impressive. Looks like a horse with a serious future. Uh, the beaten horses, Jimbo. I mean, occasionally there's a fair few good ones come out of the thread winter. I'm not quite sure who it might be this year. The runner-up, Coco Beach, is probably the most obvious. Seal the Niege is interesting. Yeah, uh, first one for Mullins. Yeah, from France, and had a really good race. I thought it was, place that thought, thought going to be really dangerous and just didn't have the speed to catch up with Band of Outlaws and ran a really interesting race. And you, you back fan fan, saw you were a massive fan of him. Yeah, well, I, I, there was money for him on the day. I, I got him at 20s. I don't think I'd backed him at 12s, to be fair. Finished fifth. Probably needs stepping up in trip, but again, remains a nice prospect for next season. Speaking of nice prospects, the champion bumper. And there's two serious horses here, Envoy Allen and Brusari. Two youngsters who look to have the world at their feet. Envoy Allen retaining his unbeaten record. Brusari only three quarters of a length behind. He's a year younger as well. It's, it's rare you have a winning favourite in a champion bumper. But Envy Allen just looks to be 
a potential superstar. Yeah, uh, very, very impressive. I was against Envoy Allen. I was all over Blue Sorry, and I also liked Semple and Time Hill, and Envoy Allen ground them into submission and ran an absolute cracking race, and I think that he, him over hurdles over two mile four next season could be a force to reckon with because I, you're going to have to split them up, aren't you? I, I don't even think we've actually seen Envile and asked for anything yet, though. Not properly. You know what I mean? He, not he, dig he, deep. Yeah, he's not had to dig deep yet. Mm. He's beaten Blue Sarah here, who, who is a really, really smart horse and also an equally fascinating prospect. An eye-catcher of the week from a, a long, long time ago as yeah, well. Yeah, but Envoy Allen... There's just some. There's, there's already a star, the star quality about him. I think. Just to think about Blue, sorry, he was lame after the race. Was he? So Jesus, that that's that's almost that's a cracking even more exciting. Yeah, it really is the Codfather doing what he does best. Really, two out of two after the first two days. It's pretty impressive for him. Oh yeah, I mean, I, in in terms of potential, he looks to have the world at his feet in violent. And it's also not worth forgetting. I think you were going to mention Malone Road. Yeah, Malone. If Envoy Allen was below Malone Road in Gordon Elliott's opinion, how good's Malone Road going to be? Yeah, it's it, it, it's so exciting. It, you know, some, sometimes a champion bumper can look a little bit windy. Moon racer. The the right two horses Came to have, the been, have been the first two. And here. Time Hills ran a cracker. Yeah, he, he he look. He showed smart form smart form earlier in the season when he was beat by Master Devonair. Yeah, at Cheltenham in the listed race. Yeah, it, it, it is. I I wouldn't be surprised if this wound up being a good renewal of the champion bumper. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. And ten out of ten for Envoy Allen because I I wasn't expecting it. I thought it was beatable. There's there's just I, I I like the thing I like about him is that what I liked at Punches at Leperstown, sorry as well is that he had to be asked a question. He's not just been battering inferior opposition. He has been asked questions, but he's answered them. He, you know, he's kept on and showed his mentality and attitude is is of the calibre needed to get to the top level. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, I don't think, like you said, I don't think he's quite had to dig deep. You know, I don't think we've seen him at his best yet. There could be a lot more to come still. And I do think that further dif- distances in time will certainly suit him. Yeah, again, he'll, he'll end up being a staying chaser, won't he? In time, yes. Fascinating prospect there, though. Jim, we'll, we'll wrap the day one and two preview up because I can't speak because of my throat. But, uh, Jimbo, uh, what was your performance of the first two days? I think it'd have to be top of the game in the RSA I think that performance was impressive and I think that race is very very strong and I can't wait to see what happens in the future between them three horses and top of the game is an absolute giant yeah it's, they, all, they all really are nice prospects going forward you wouldn't be surprised if any of those three lifted the Gold Cup next season really wouldn't surprise me uh, for myself God I, I think again the most pleasure from LeBroy winning. Yeah, he's he's just a horse I've always had so much time for. You know, I I it, I I'm I'm a sucker for a hardy type. You know, Jim Miller said for my my slight obsession with Sykes, who is just <laughs> the toughest horse on earth. But 
I really like LeBron, but in terms of wow quality, it's got to be Aplutar. Yeah. You know, Chiefly Park haven't entered the jumps game to mess around. You know, they've, they've got Envyland, Malone Road, who's out injured, Aplutar. You know, they're all horses who you'd be looking at and thinking, we're going to have grade one winners next season. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I'd love to see Aplutar if he turns up in that race at Fairy House. Yeah. Over two and a half miles, grade one. That that I think that'll suit him right down to the ground. You know, there's not too many who've side skipped Cheltenham or want you know Labagora who's gonna go to Aintree. I think that'd be a ready made grade one for him and I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up being, you know, competing at the very, very top level in open company next season. That's how good I think he is. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from. Uh we'll we'll be recording our day three and four review next week and uh We'll be getting stuck into that as well, going through all the replays. Jim, we've got a bit of time to refresh our memory for that. But thanks a lot for listening. This has been Turf Top, and we'll see you all again very soon. See you later.